Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WQAD Podcast Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens. A production of WQPT. PBS for the Quad Cities region. A podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. I'm Jim Mertens, and this is The Cities. Western Illinois University has launched not one, but two marijuana minors for students to consider. One is run out of the Agriculture Department looking at the practical side of growing and cultivating, testing and selling cannabis and hemp. The other looks at the impact of all this pot on our society. That one is centered in Western's Anthropology Department, and we talked with one of its creators, Heather McIlvain-Newsed from Macomb. <laughs> this has been a sea change when it comes to marijuana in Illinois in just a period of what, three, less than five years, certainly. Yeah, so in January of 2020, Illinois became the 11th state uh, in the United States to legalize uh, cannabis for both medical and recreational use. Um, it was the, I think, the first state in the nation to legalize recreational sales by an active state legislature. And uh, the, uh, with the exception of uh, Vermont, which legalized recreational use, but not sales, everything, um, other, every other um, state that has legalized it has done so by voter mandate. And Western Illinois University is kind of blazing the trail right now as well by offering these courses, uh, not only as you are studying how it affects society and culture, but also the pragmatic part of, of growing marijuana, testing marijuana, the production of marijuana as part of the agriculture department. I mean, that's an amazing change also for Western. It is. It's a big change. And um, I really you know, want to give credit to my colleagues in, in the Ag Department, but also especially to Dr. Sarah Haynes, who's the co-creator of our Cannabis and Culture Interdisciplinary Minor, because we recognize that um, cannabis is not just about the production of it, but it's about how people use uh, cannabis as a medicine or as a part of uh, religiosity or um, recreational use and so understanding the multiple variables that influence the way in which humans are currently using and have used uh, cannabis for thousands of years is really important and we are the only minor in the nation that we know of that has this interdisciplinary minor focusing on social justice issues and cannabis and culture. So what exactly is going on? Is, is society changing that much? And, and it's driving the politicians to change? Or have the politicians changed so much that it's almost accepting of what society already is, is going through? 
So I think it's a combination of both, but really uh, legislation and government is lagging behind. Um, a really a recent uh, poll conducted by the Pew Research Center from uh, April 5th through the 10th in 2021 showed that overwhelming majority of U.S. adults, 91%, said they either uh, thought that cannabis should be legalized for medicinal and recreational use, or 60% said that it could be uh, legalized for medicinal use only. Um, so we're seeing popular um, popular consent among voters, uh, but still having um, some hesitancy from um, leaders, political leaders. Well, because marijuana was a big deal in the 60s and the 70s, and it's really become kind of passe. It's like, yeah, it's there. I mean, even when it's illegal, it's been like, yeah, okay, whatever. I mean, does that lead right. to it in a lot of ways? Well, I think, again, when you look at who who our politicians still are, they are <laughs> not representative of the vast majority of Americans or the diversity of Americans. So I think it it's a combination of both. Um, it's also important to note that to become part of the cannabis industry, it costs an awful lot of money up front in order to be able to do so. Um, so, you know, there's that factor um, as well. And I'd also note that um, in the state of Illinois, it was actually for women um, who were at the forefront of crafting and uh, pushing through the legislation. Why do you think that was important? I mean, do you think that that's what gave it an extra push? Well, I think because the state of Illinois is, is the first one to really have this kind of social justice um, component to to the legalization, the recreational and medicinal legalization, and their focus on um, trying to to allow underrepresented groups into the industry, um, it, it's really groundbreaking nationally. What have we learned so far? I mean, you've been teaching students this. I mean, the minor isn't brand new. I mean, it's really relatively new, but it's not like starting this fall. What, what, have, what have you learned in the classes that you've had leading up to this day? So I've learned that there's a tremendous interest from our students. Uh, this will be the, this coming fall will be the second year for the minor. Um, we had 15 minors the first year, and that's unheard of. Um, one of the core courses that I teach called Cannabis and Culture, which is the, the, the basic survey course, uh, was full to capacity at the very beginning. And this is then during the COVID um, crisis. So th there's definitely an interest there, um, an interest to learning how different cultures utilize uh, cannabis, what they think about it, how it's been legalized, all of those kinds of things. And for this generation of, of students, um, it's not it's not a taboo subject, right? It's just another subject to be studied holistically from a political perspective, from a historic perspective, from a gendered perspective, from a economic perspective. Um, and it's something that, uh, that people are really interested to, to learn a lot more about. Well, and also from a judicial aspect, as well as a racial aspect, which is another point of the classes that you're teaching. Correct. So, uh, as I mentioned before, um, the state senators, Heather Steens, Toy Hutchison, and the state representatives, Kelly Cassidy and Janine Jordan Booth from Peoria, they are the, the women that, that crafted this. And it was really, really important for their legislation to have this social justice um, component to it, uh, because when cannabis was um, illegalized or, or 
considered to be illegal um, in the United States, uh, there really was a, a huge uptick in brown and black people being um, prosecuted for it, even though, uh, you know, everybody uses it. Um, so that was really, really important for, for them. And it's uh, legislation that other states around the United States are looking towards to see what works and what doesn't work so well. When you take a look at the history of cannabis, and, and you did bring up, you know, the, the fact that it had an impact on minority populations, but you also take a look at like the 1960s and the 1950s, where, where movies like Reefer Madness are now almost seen as camp, almost as a comedy in so many different ways. But there was that lesson that if you have marijuana, it's a gateway drug to other drugs. You're just going to be on the wrong path right now. It, it, how, how, how do we how do we talk about that these days? I mean, is that now thought of as well, that was back then. We didn't know anything. Well, I think I think it's important to kind of look at how um, how cannabis was was classified as a Schedule One drug, um, as a drug that had absolutely no medicinal properties to it. But we know that that's not true. Um, so, in 1937, uh, when it became um, illegal uh, by uh, Harry Anslinger, who was the first commissioner of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics. He made some really notoriously racist remarks about the use of marijuana or cannabis, which, you know, is part of part of a religious belief system of native peoples in the United States, um, in Mexico, and was also really uh, popular among African Americans and part of the jazz culture. Um, so, you know, when we talk about that and then Reefer Madness, we, you know, like you mentioned, we see it kind of as a campy movie right now, but it really wasn't in the 1930s. It really represented persuasive beliefs that cannabis was being pushed on white people by out of control black and brown people in the United States. So that this, our interdisciplinary minor talks about those kinds of things contextually and then the long-term ramifications for uh, for what this means for black and brown people who are cannabis users and who are um, incarcerated as a result of that. Western obviously really leading the way with cannabis and culture as a minor and cannabis production as a minor as well. And I just thought it was interesting that on top of everything that you're teaching, you also have a study abroad program that's associated with this as well. I mean, you're really pushing this issue forward. And as you said, it's really connecting with students. Yeah, so we have a lot of interest for our upcoming trip. It'll be the inaugural trip um, to the Netherlands in May of 2022. Um, and cannabis has not actually, it's not really legal in the Netherlands, uh, but it's been decriminalized since 1976 for adult use, uh, recreational use when it's purchased and consumed in what they call coffee shops or social consumption lounges. Um, and so there's a lot to learn from other cultures um, and how, uh, how they have been able to craft laws, uh, to, to tax, to use the revenue, to um, to create new policies and social programs as a result of a booming industry. So um, we've got interviews lined up with leaders in the cannabis industry in, um, in and outside of Amsterdam and are really looking forward to being able to begin uh, what is hopefully a long-term exchange. 
In Illinois, of course, you're always talking about, and, and you working at Western know this so well, always talking about budgets and deficits and money and the state needs more and, and things along that line. And you take a look at the cannabis tax revenues, Illinois taxes at quite a high rate, and the tax revenues are equaling, if not exceeding, alcohol and liquor sale tax revenues. What does that say right now? Um, it says that there is money to be made on cannabis, which is, I think, uh, one of the reasons why um, it's such a popular industry to enter. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we definitely need more money, right? Um, and as you mentioned, the, the retail sales for recreational cannabis in Illinois alone have averaged about $40 million dollars. Uh, each month since it's been legalized. So that's a lot of uh, money that can be used for um, infrastructure. There's common saying pot for potholes, right? Um, what, you know, all kinds of things. We need money for education. We need money for social services. Um, we need money for sidewalks, all kinds of things. So people are consuming cannabis um, and the state uh, governments can and regional municipalities can definitely benefit from it. Anthropology professor Heather McElvain Newsad, co-creator of Western Illinois University's Cannabis and Culture Minor. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. WQAD Podcast Network.